Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here on this beautiful Sunday, 2-21-21, and looking to just crush this slate. We have a really competitive slate. Hopefully, we don't have any additional cancellations. It looks like the games are good to go. So uh, we have a showdown uh, game that we're going to go over. It's a 3.30 Eastern start. Uh, it is Boston and the Pelicans. So we will be uh, we will go through that game. And then tonight is a, a terrific seven-game uh, slate, uh, main slate, which is a little bit bigger of a, a Sunday slate than normal, uh, and a lot of in, interesting games. Uh, we have a low total in, in one of the games of 209, all the way up to a 237. So there's a huge spread of, of uh, lines in these games and over-unders, and uh, definitely want to dive right into them. Um, appreciate you all listening. Uh, if you can, on the way in here, uh, take a few seconds. If you're on YouTube, click the button that has the thumbs up. That's appreciated. Certainly subscribe to our channel. Uh, we That also makes a big difference for us. And then hit the little alarm alert button up in the corner there that will let you know when any of our podcasts post. And with, you know, multiple sports going, uh, it's it's better to, you know, get that alert than you could listen to it uh, at your convenience. But we are bringing you seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts, uh, bringing them to you around 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday. And they post around 1, 1 depending on the size of the slate, uh, Monday through Friday. So uh, we, we try to get them to you plenty of time ahead to uh, to give a listen and go from there. So uh, yesterday, interesting day. Uh, I was not pleased with my lineup and uh, had some, some key guys like Levine that uh, I was on from the get-go and... Uh, uh, really called him out as the top scorer on the slate. He had a terrific game, uh, 37 real points, I believe. So, you know, we hit, we hit some things well, uh, but a couple of our uh, in-between guys didn't get it done. Uh, really, the, the demise last night was Memphis game blowing out just really bad. It was 30-some points in the you know beginning of the to mid-third quarter, and uh, guys like Joe Val... <clears throat> and uh, uh, Morant did not see the floor at all. So it's hard to overcome that. And uh, But today we feel better about the slate. It's uh, I, I like the way that it, it plays out this evening. And even this uh, showdown slate is going to be fun. So um, DFSCoachTalk.com is where you can find us. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at DFSCoachTalk. And let's dive into the first game. We have uh, the Boston Celtics minus two and a half. Uh, the over-under is a high 232 for this game. I found that to be uh, very surprising. I'd, I'd prefer the under, to be honest with you, if you're doing uh, some prop bets. Um, defensive efficiency-wise, Boston is 13th, so just a little bit better than middle of the pack. Uh, the Pelicans are all the way down at 29th, though. They're not defending at all, and I assume that's what Vegas is looking at here uh, when they set this high line. Uh, my concern, though, for this line is the pace. You've got 24th for Boston, 22nd for the Pelicans. So they're not getting up and down the floor in any haste, you know, and therefore less possessions, less possible DFS points. Um, the only injury beyond uh, what we've already known here is um, Adams, the big fella for the Pelicans, is questionable. And that does, you know, uh, certainly affect their rotation. Uh, specifically, if, you know, if he's out, Hernan Gomez uh, at the value price has been playing some pretty good ball. You'll get to see Zion a little bit more at center as well. Um, by the way, Boston is 15 and 14. The Pelicans are 12 and 17. So uh, two teams definitely scrapping, trying to get in playoff, uh, the real playoff picture. 
Tentative starters for Boston right now are Kemba, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Tice, and Thompson in the all the T's there. Um, so that's that's what they have in there for now. For the Pelicans, it looks like Ball, Bledsoe, Ingram, and Williamson like normal. And then either Adams, if he plays, or Hernan Gomez, uh, if he doesn't. Um, where I want to look in this game is, uh, you know, I think Kemba has proven at his price tag, although it's gone up a little, uh, is more into a, a uh, scoring type uh, thinking. And he's been getting a little bit more usage uh, than he had before all the injuries and COVID things with with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So I think Kemba at that price is playable, as is his adversary, Lonzo Ball. Remember now, this is a showdown slate, so you got to be, you know, right on the money here. And depending on what site, you got to weigh it accordingly to who your captain is, etc. cetera. Uh, but Walker and Ball are in play for me. Um I don't want to spend all the way up for Brown uh, because I, you know, I think Bledsoe's defense is decent. Um, I think with with Tatum and and Walker uh, getting quite a bit of usage, he has a tendency to, uh, you know, miss stretches of time as far as being involved in the offense. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, Tice, uh, I don't feel comfortable with either. Uh, Tristan Thompson is always tempting because he gets a lot of rebounds, but the problem is he just he doesn't normally score that much. Um, he does against teams with poor interiors or if they're having to play small ball, but you know he's he's a possibility here uh, just because of his value. Um, the rest of the Pelicans, Bledsoe's been is cheap, pretty cheap, and. Uh, you know, has a tendency to, to have some decent games. Um, I'm, he's probably on the outside looking in for me uh, in this one. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking. I like Ingram and Zion here as the two pay-up guys. You know, I want to have some correlation, obviously, when you're in a one-game slate, you have to. But, I, you know, I may just play Kemba from the Boston side. Uh, Tatum is expensive too, you know, and really a pay up guy. I think a lot of people will, you know, have probably more Boston than they will the Pelicans. I sort of like the idea of Ingram and Williamson, uh, on the Pelican side. They are really, uh, dominating the ball. Uh, they are, their usage is getting better and better. Um, Boston has been suspect to some inside uh, play and Zion certainly has the paint protected for, uh, in all manners. Um, you know, and then, you know, you go with the value guy of either Thompson or if uh, Hernan Gomez plays, uh, I would be interested in there. Uh, even if Adams plays, I'm not going to, I'm real fired up about that uh, because I think he'll be limited minutes wise and, uh, you know, may not have a ceiling game. So, could be interesting, you know, a little bit different contrarian take, you know, if I have uh, Ingram, Williamson, Kemba in that order, and then fill in with a few value guys. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to leave both Tatum and Brown out uh, completely. So, you know, that's what I'm going to work on. If I can get one of those guys in there as well, going to be tight, though, on the salary. Uh, would have to pay down even further uh, probably for uh, a secondary guy to make that work. So uh, that's what I've got in game one. That is that shootout or showdown slate, um, and uh, hopefully uh, we're able to get it done there. All right, let's dive into the the meat and potatoes, as they say, the the juicy seven-game slate here. Uh, you've got the first game, 7 p.m., Oklahoma City Thunder at 11 and 18 against the Cleveland Cavaliers at 10 and 20. Is that correct? Yeah, they are on a slide. Um, Oklahoma City's on the first night of a back-to-back -back, uh, island game for Cleveland. Uh, this this line will scare you a little bit. The uh, 
Oklahoma City's a road favorite by two and a half, which is impressive, but it's only a 216 total. Certainly a concern there. Um, from a defensive standpoint, uh, Oklahoma City's 14th, middle of the pack, Cleveland 24th. Uh, they've been going downward. There was a time Cleveland was in the top 10 of defensive efficient teams. Wasn't that long ago. Sort of a coincidence since they got their backcourt of Garland and Sexton back uh, is when they plummeted about uh, 15 spots in the defensive efficiency side. Uh, again, something to keep an eye on and part of the reasoning uh, I, I like this game. Um from a pace standpoint, uh, Oklahoma City 9, Cleveland 25, so it is a pace down game. Cleveland does try to grind grind it out as much as possible. Um, as far as injuries, uh, Prince, Torian Prince, is ruled out for Cleveland. And let's take a look at the preliminary lineups. Right now it's Shea, Maladone, Dort, Baisley, and the big fella Al Horford. And again... My concern here, you got to watch, especially with the veterans like Horford, this is the first night of a back-to-back, -back. Uh, you know, whether they limit his minutes so he can play in both is something we need to keep an eye on throughout the day. Uh, you know, if they say, you know, he's going to sit tomorrow, uh, we're, you know, that's what we need to find out as the day goes on. Uh, but I'll, I will be watching that news for sure. Uh, on the Cleveland side, it looks like Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Osman, and Jared Allen uh, right now. So uh, not the best lineup for them, but, uh, you know, it is to be expected. And they're in a, some type of rebuild re mode uh, if they can move uh, Drummond and, and some other pieces. For me, I like I like Shea here. Uh, I know he didn't have a great game the last time he burned some folks. But against that Cleveland backcourt, he is their best player. Uh, you know, I think he steps up. He was out a few games, and he's been back now enough that he should be back into a groove. So I don't mind paying up for his price. It's not quite as bad as it was before. Uh, he's my key target in this game uh, for sure. Um, don't like the rest of the game. I I'm not comfortable with... Uh, Anybody on the Cleveland side, you know, I think you'll see Dort, uh, you know, maybe guard Sexton a little bit. He'll he'll play, uh, you know, the best threat from the other team generally, almost positionless other than than a, a huge center. But uh, and I've seen him play them, too. Um, but that's really about it. I just I'd like to take my cherry pick Shea out of this game, get him in the lineup, you know, see if he can put a 45 or 50 burger on the board and move forward. All right, game two. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder, or I'm sorry, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the New York Knicks. Uh, Minnesota is seven and 23, ouch. Uh, Knicks 14 and 16, they have sunk below 500 again, so they're gonna need to uh, get it going. Uh, as far there's no additional injuries on the board uh, right now. Looks like both teams are going to be able to go at it. I mean, we know D'Angelo Russell will be out quite a while, uh, but other than that, it should be the main rotation. Knicks are favored by two and a half, and over under is only two fifteen. So another low one, another concern there. As far as defense, Minnesota twenty third, Knicks third. Very impressive uh, defense for the Knicks. They have definitely bought into Tibbs' mentality. Uh, and, you know, guys are playing great. Even Julius Randle, who was an Olay defender early in his career, uh, is getting it done. As far as pace, Minnesota pushes the ball sixth. And the Knicks are dead last, slowest team in the league. Uh, they definitely like to get in a half-court set, little iso ball to get it down to Julius Randle. And, uh, you know, it's certainly a pace down game for Minnesota. What hurt is, you know, definitely hurts, but uh, a bigger pace up than normal uh, for the Knicks, which puts some of their guys into play. Um, the probable starters for Minnesota are Rubio, Beasley, Edwards, Vanderbilt, and Towns. So, you know, Towns, 
goes against Noel now with Mitch Robb out. Noel's played terrific. Uh, he really hit. He really has. Now, when he rests and Taj Gibson comes in to give him a break, or if Julius Randle moves to center, that's going to be an outstanding matchup for Cat uh, that he should be able to take advantage of. Uh, you know, he's. I don't think Cat's quite a hundred percent yet, but he's showing signs. This last game, uh, he did step up some, starting to get his legs underneath him. Um, I'm not exactly going to go right for him here, though, with that big dollar number. Uh, I think I'll wait uh, one or two more games for a little bit better matchup. Uh, Noel is a rim protector, and uh, you know it's. I think that he can get enough done with with Cat to uh, not ha- let him have one of those ceiling games. Um, Rubio's been decent, but up and down. I mean, sometimes he can hit a few shots. Most of the time, he is not a good shooter, but he does get assists and some rebounds and things. He is a, an okay value play at point guard. Uh, Malik Beasley's a little overpriced, um, you know, for me. And then Anthony Edwards, he, that game he had the phenomenal monster dunk, which was one of the best dunks I've seen in a long time. Um, especially when you look at it from the angle from the side where he's so far over the basket, it's crazy. Um, but he didn't have a good game. I mean, he is a volume shooter. He does get involved. And with D'Angelo Russell out, I just, I keep wanting to roster Edwards. Now the the concern is though, you know, his price is somewhat mid-level. It's not too bad, but you've got the Knicks defense and they're the slowest team in the league. So I'm, you know, that just concerns me because I do think Edwards' ceiling is somewhat limited. So as tempted as I am, I probably uh, will not go there. So I'm not, not strong on the, on the T-Wolves side at all unless I really need a desperate uh, point guard punt uh, with Rubio. On the Knicks side, however, uh, I feel comfortable playing uh paying up for julius randall um i really do i think he's in that i want to make the all-star mode type of uh thinking he's always been a great dfs scrapper we talked about that actually through the last couple of years how you know he pushes his own guy out of the way to go get the ball he wants every rebound and every scoring uh, opportunity and as a dfs player watching him you gotta love it so Randall's price is high. I get it. But I think this matchup is really strong. And if the game stays close, like the the uh, spread says, uh, I think he could have a really monster game. Cat is not a good defender. And the fact that he's not really 100% in my mind is, is even another step. And Randall can hit that mid-range uh, jumper and and get some stuff done. You know, he'll have some younger guys uh, rotating on them like Vanderbilt and a few of their guys, McDaniels off the bench. So I, I really like Randall here. He's my favorite play on the Knicks side. Um, not, uh, you know, I'm not going to go Noel, although I'm tempted because he's cheaper, but his price has risen now too. When he was cheap, he was a great play because he usually gets some blocks for sure. And, and a nice amount of rebounds. Um, I'm thinking about R.J. Barrett, believe it or not. I know he hasn't shot the ball great, but, you know, I, I don't like the Minnesota defensive uh, backcourt here uh, or even Anthony Edwards at the small forward. I think they, they are very beatable. Um, hate to stack two key guys in a total this low, so not sure if I'll pull the trigger on, on uh, Barrett, but he is on the bubble for me right now. Uh, where Randall is in uh, my lineup as it stands right now. That is it for that game for me. Not going to go with any of the reach guys, the Paytons, Bullocks, uh, Roses, um, Quicklies. They've got all kinds of guys uh, playing, and I don't want any part of that rotation. All right, next 7 o'clock game, it is the Detroit Pistons at 8-21 and 21 against the Orlando Magic at 12-18. and 18. This is a, the lowest total of the day. It is only a two-point spread for Orlando, 
but a pretty dismal 209 and a half. So when you start getting down in that 20-whatever 20, 20 numbers, uh, that definitely grabs your interest. Considering our last three games on the slate are all over that magic 230 mark. So, you know, if you want to cherry pick somebody from this game, I get it. But I'm going to go a little quicker on this one than normal because one off is really the best uh, or most you could want to do, I believe, with this game. Um, defensive efficiency, 20th and 17th. You know, that makes it a little bit more playable. But the pace is, is terrible. You've got Detroit 26th, Orlando 18th. And they do like to play half-court basketball. You know, Jeremy Grant on a clear out for Detroit. Vuk trying to back down uh, someone on the other side. So, you know, uh, I think that is, uh, is definitely a concern for possessions and DFS uh, possible points. Uh, DeLon Wright for Detroit is doubtful, so it doesn't look like he will suit it up. I don't believe that he will. The probable lineups right now in this game for Detroit are Dennis Smith, who I'm glad he's getting an opportunity, Ellington, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumley. From Orlando's side, it is Carter Williams. He's been playing the point uh, since Anthony's been out. Fournier, Ennis, Clark, and Vukovic. So, yeah, definitely not a great game. I mean, it's easy to pay up for Vukovic because he's such a good producer. But Mason Plumley can be a dog defensively. And, you know, the, the pace of this game, it, it doesn't make sense to pay up for anybody. If you need a desperate punt or you're playing a GPP, one or the other, you know, you could look at Sadiq Bey, uh, you know, Michael Carter-Williams, but he's stung me a few times. Evan Fournier shoots the ball, uh, is shooting the ball really well, and he is a volume shooter. Uh, his price has gone up, though. So really not thrilled with this game at all. Not going to pay up for Vuk or Grant. Uh, very likely will not have anybody <clears throat> in my cash lineup from that affair. Okay, we're moving to the next game. It is the final 7 p.m. game. So we've got one, two, three, four 7 p.m. games. We'll have uh, get the, the thumb going fast on the clicker trying to move around to these games. Uh, it is uh, Philadelphia minus two and a half, and it's a, a 223 total. Philadelphia right now is sitting at 20 and 10. Uh, they're the number one team in the East. Toronto is is sitting at 15 and 15. So they were two and nine to start the season. And Nick Nurse, I, waving his magic wand, I, I did say, I don't know if it was like three weeks ago, that uh, they will make it to 500 by the All-Star break. And they've done it with, with some games to spare. Um, and they've done it with guys missing uh, games. Right now, Lowry uh, has been out. So, you know, uh, he's doubtful in this game as, uh, also. So uh, on the Philadelphia side, you only have two people, Simmons and Milton, and they're both probable. Right now, they're ruled in. Uh, we'll keep our eye on that. A um, couple of things here of interest. You know, you've got... Uh, sixth and seventh defensive teams in the league. And we know both of these teams can lock down when it counts, especially in the fourth quarter. That is a big concern. Uh, you know, maybe the best defensive matchup of two teams on this slate. And that gives me some hesitance for sure. Uh, as far as pace, Philadelphia is fifth. So they will get the ball up and down. Uh, 26 for Toronto. Uh, you know, and that uh, will keep the game somewhat in check. The 223 total is not bad. Uh, you know, when either Lowry or Van Vliet sit, it's hard not to play uh, the other one. Uh, you know, the question for me is, with Simmons more than likely playing, if he guards Van Vliet, which very well may happen, uh, you know, Simmons is pretty lanky and, and has a good history of defending. Now, statistically, Simmons, 
uh, as we reviewed yesterday, was in that bottom 10% in DRPM, uh, defensive real plus minus, uh, which was was interesting. So that uh, that stat alone uh, makes me want to put Van Vliet in there. Now he is extremely expensive. Uh, you know, he was much. It was much easier when he was down there in the low sevens uh, to get him in there. I, I am considering him though. I think he's a fine option. Um, and on Toronto's side, also Norman Powell. I mean, all the dude does when either Lowry or Van Vliet are out is gets in that starting lineup and just roars up uh, all kinds of DFS points. So at his price, he has to be in consideration as well. Uh, Ananobi's playing after sitting out the last game for rest because he was returning from an injury. Uh, Not going to go there. I think he may uh, still have a a limits restriction of some uh, minutes restriction of some uh, sort. So, you know, your other guy you can pay up for is Siakam or Boucher. I'm not going to go there. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid uh, is probably the defensive player of the year right now. I know Gobert's there, Anthony Davis, some other guys are playing great D. But Embiid is just, the, all you got to do is look at the statistics. When he plays, Philadelphia is a top three defensive team. This is the These are true numbers. When he sits, they're right around 18 or 19. So I don't have any idea how, you know, you move almost 13 spots just with the presence of one guy, but that's the case. And it's by far the biggest uh, differential when a guy sits or plays for his team. So his inside presence is amazing. And I don't know if you saw uh, the last game where they interviewed him after the game, but his first thing he talked about was that his goal, personal goal, was to be defensive player of the year. And he was going to patrol the paint. He owns the paint. I mean, that dude is locked in defensively. So, you know, I will be fading bigs for the the near future for sure uh, against Philly. No doubt. No, no question. The same thing today. Now, on Philly's side, um, you know, we know Embiid went for 50 in the in this last game and just playing fantastic ball. Um you know, you can. He is playable. It's just the the top notch salary here really straps you in other directions. Now, I had him this last game where he had you know the the great uh, game. I think he was was at uh, 90, 90 fantasy points somewhere in there. It was a really big number, uh, ninety three, I think. And uh, you know, it was. It, I thought the spot was perfect, and he did a tremendous job. Now, of course, there's going to be regression from 93, but you know, it, the thing with Embiid at that price, if he doesn't get you 60 plus, then he's not really carrying his weight for taking that much salary. So, you know, with Toronto slowing it down a little bit, uh, pace wise and everything, I'm just I can't pull the trigger on paying up for him. I mean, I'm a big Embiid fan because he gets stats all over the place as well uh, with obviously some stocks and and uh, assists. He does, he does it all. Uh, but I'm not going to go there price-wise. I think it's just too high. Um, you know, you can look for some value. A lot of guys got absolutely smoked with the Seth Curry play last time. I don't quite trust him. He's not 100% healthy either. Um, Tobias Harris is having that quiet 90, 50, 40 year. Nobody ever talks about him, but he is tough. Um, You know, he would be the guy at his price uh, that I sort of like in this game. I'm actually, he's been on that bubble and, you know, I'm starting to get more and more convinced that he can have uh, a really solid game in in this matchup. But, uh, you know, even though it's a decent total, not going to quite go there. Uh, really want to save save up for these uh, last games because these last three are big, fat, juicy numbers here, all over 230, and uh, are screaming for stacking guys in, in certain games. So, all right, we have the three final big games. A couple things I want to mention really quickly. Uh, number one, we have a great offer right now where – you can sign up for a three-day pass for only $10. Come try us out. 
We also will be announcing uh, either later today or tomorrow uh, an incredible new offer from betus.com.pa, our partners. It's going to be a 149 uh, for a big free membership with DFS Coach Talk. We'll release all those details on all our social media and website. But it'll again be the same scenario that we were able to offer at uh, prior to the NBA season starting. And it's if you're a new member to BetUS, you sign up with the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, and deposit 149. You get to play that 149 in uh, Coach Talk, or I'm sorry, in BetUS, any wagers you want, and then you get the free membership with Coach Talk. So keep an eye out the next two days for that news. It's going to be great for the time frame that it's going to cover for you. And if you want to try us out, like I say, that three-day pass for $10 is terrific. Also, we launched this morning, our man Joe Stanton put together our uh, first ever DFS Coach Talk Facebook page. So please like and jump on Facebook there. Join us on Facebook, man. We're going to have all kinds of information there, stats, preliminary lineups, uh, our predictions, some uh, plays that Andrew Hansen's uh, putting up that he's been on fire on with prop plays and game uh, bets. Uh, you know, also we'll have some pro- project- projected lineups and ownership, et cetera, et cetera. So, Uh, Definitely check us out on Facebook, uh, DFS Coach Talk. Uh, We'd love to see you there. Also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, uh, you're at DFS Coach Talk for our whole group. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Our other pros are uh, Andrew Hansen at Language Olympic and Shane Caldwell at D-E-T Sports Shane. So check us out there. And then... uh, you know, the, the last thing is, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, please take one sec- second to smash that uh, thumbs up, smash the, the subscribe so you're part of, of uh, knowing what we're doing, posting, all the information. We'd love to have you in there and then hit the alert button so you know when we're posting uh, our podcast. We really, really appreciate that. And if you're listening to the audio version, everywhere podcasts are heard, whether it be Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, take a second, please, on those outlets to hit, you know, go five stars, a thumbs up, a quick comment. All of those things are extremely important uh, for us here at DFS Coach Talk. You know, we bring in-depth information seven days a week in front of the paywall for our DFS listeners, and we really appreciate when you give us those thumbs up, shout outs, and five stars on our, our uh, podcasting area. So really appreciate that. Okay, the three games we were waiting for. Uh, the first one is Denver at Atlanta. Denver is a three-point favorite. Here's the 231.5, third highest total on the board. And we have three guys out for Denver. Uh, Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap and Gary Harris. So you can scratch them off. And what that does is it does give us a little bit more depth uh, or less depth for Denver. So you're going to have a smaller rotation and uh, gives you a couple opportunities to get a few value guys, or you certainly can pay up as well. Um, Nobody's on the injury report right now for Atlanta. We know DeAndre Hunter has been out for quite some time with a bad ankle. All right, uh, as far as defensive team efficiency for the 16 and 13 Denver Nuggets, they are 18th. And for the 12 and 17 Atlanta Hawks, which is disappointing to be five games below 500 with that roster, uh, they are 22nd. So part of the reason why the number's high. Um, The only thing that doesn't correlate perfectly is the pace. Denver's 27th, Atlanta 15th, dead in the middle. Certainly guys you can look at in this game uh, and are all playable. Jamal Murray had one of his bubble games where he dropped 50 real points and was just unconscious. Hard not to like him again here. It's not points chasing, but he gets to go against Trey Young uh, who doesn't defend well. So, and we've seen Murray, he's a streaky 
kind of shooter guy. He always was when at Kentucky and when he first came into the league. He's a, a guy that will string a bunch of uh, misses together at times, but he also strings a ton of tough makes with defense uh, up in his face. He's certainly on my radar just because he's hot, because it's going to be high scoring, and I don't respect uh, Trey Young's defense. So uh, I think Murray's a, a big plus. Uh, the other probable starters for Denver are with Murray are Morris Porter, uh, Ninjai, that Zeke, the new dude, uh, and Joker. Uh, they're going to bring a bunch of guys, uh, you know, three or four guys off the bench. But again, I think you're going to see some extra minutes with several people out. You know, they also have PJ Dozier who remains out. Uh, with the other three guys that I mentioned and Winnington, one of their uh, uh, deep backups is also out. So, you know, it, it, there are some possibilities here uh, of going with the young guy, uh, Zeke at power forward, uh, just cause he's so cheap. He's going to get minutes. He's active. Um, you know, it also elevates, I, I believe uh, Porter jr. Um, I'm not going to pay up for Jokic cause I don't, I'm trying to build, if you notice my what I'm doing today is a little bit more of a mid-level build, and I'm trying to steer more from the stars and scrubs because I think with this particular set of games, the way they line up together, number one, I don't think the stars' ceilings are going to be as high. You know, we don't have Luca. Uh, you know, we don't have LeBron. A, you know, some of those big name guys. Plus, the other guys, ceiling-wise, I think is going to be a little thwarted with some of these matchups. So rather than do that and gamble with some of the cheaper guys, you know, which we all do, you try to get some value in there. But, man, that just kills you when, you know, they have uh, seven DFS points or nine. I mean, hard to overcome in this competitive uh, DFS world. So I'm going to go for a little bit safer on the floor side, you know, and sacrifice maybe the real blow up games that could be had by like Embiid or somebody like that. So that's the strategy there and why I'm not going to roster the Joker. Plus, I uh, I do like Capella's uh, interior defense. He is certainly a shot blocker uh, without question. Um, the Atlanta probable lineup is Young, Herder, Reddish, Collins and Capella. Uh, I don't know what happened to Collins the last game. I don't like Collins, but he's been great. I played him, and he played poorly. And I only watched a little bit of that game because I was not happy about it. Uh, but I'm not going to go back there. Um, you know, Trey certainly can be a, a, a target as well, but his price is just a little, you know, a little much to stomach. According to the line, it's going to be close. Uh, Denver's, in my opinion, certainly a better team than Atlanta uh, at this stage of the game. But, you know, it, it's a tough call. Um, I don't think that Capella is going to be played off the floor like he has been in three of the last four games. They've gone, Atlanta's gone against teams that have gone small and used a real small ball center like a Pascal or Draymond Green. But when the Joker's on the floor, or his backup, Hartenstein, who's a giant guy too, they're going to need you know Capella's body out there. I think Collins will get swallowed up a little bit, uh, it, or Bruno Fernando. So, uh, you know, Capella's in play for me here. I, you know, I've been able to sort of to find out, find the right spots for him. And I think this game he gets additional minutes because of the matchup. And let's face it, he's a rebounding machine. I mean... You know, this is the type of game I think he gets 15 rebounds. And if he can just put some offense together there, maybe get a, a couple blocks, uh, you know, I think he pays pays uh, off at I, what I think will be a fairly low ownership. So I'm, I'm definitely looking uh, there. So, you know, out of this game, probably Murray, Capella, again, somewhat that mid-level build theme. Porter certainly very... Uh, uh, you know, in play for me as well as Zeke at the power forward. So, all right, two games left. 8 p.m. game now. So we've got a stagger at the end. Uh, the Den that Denver-Atlanta was 7.30. Uh, 
Brooklyn Clippers are eight, and then the last game is at nine. So good stuff down the stretch here. Eight o'clock, Brooklyn Nets, 19 and 12 against the Los Angeles Clippers at an impressive 22 and nine, even though they've been missing so many guys for so many games. Unfortunately for Brooklyn, uh, the Clippers guys all came back the last game. Uh, and Brooklyn has two of their three big dogs. Excuse me, we know Durant is still sitting out, so he's the only big fella missing in this game. But it will be, you know, the the George Leonard versus Kyrie Harden matchup, a 2v2 here that's pretty phenomenal. Um, the Clippers are favored by five and a half. It's a 237 total, biggest on the board. 26th defense for Brooklyn, uh, which they were 30th and 29th, so they're up to 26. So they must be getting some stops. Um, the Clippers, and a lot of that is because they've been missing some key guys uh, on their defense throughout uh, the last several weeks. From a pace standpoint, it is a nice pace-up game for the Clippers. Brooklyn is 8th and uh, 28th for the Clippers, so not quite as many uh, possessions as the Beard and Irving are used to. So where do we go in this game? You know, this is the head-scratcher game. Very interesting because you've got the Clippers, you know, who George and Kawhi just came back this last game. So are they going to be able to absorb, you know, in a close game, 38, 40 minutes? You know, that's really within question. Uh, and definitely concerns their ceiling if they're going to be kept to like 32 to 34. Not that that's, that certainly makes them playable still, but it's going to keep things uh, interesting. Um, you can go several ways here. I, you know, again, you got to balance out your salary and and see where you're at. Um, are the the secondary guys in play here? Possibly. I mean, Harris, Jeff Green have been targets uh, I've used uh, throughout different times. DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench now is still getting mid-20s minutes. Interesting there also. Um, you know, Irving's going to probably get Pat Bev defense. Harden's probably going to get Paul George defense. And I really respect both of them. Um, you also have Kawhi out there that could match up uh, with you know, Harden for sure. Um, and then Ibaka protecting the rim. So, you know, I I know it sounds crazy, but I don't think I'm going to focus on Brooklyn. Uh, I have been rostering their guys left, right, and backwards. Uh, but I just think that, you know, for the price that Harden and Irving are and what they have to do to get to that level. Again, if they don't throw 65, 68 on the board, you're almost disappointed. You're pretty much are, you know, so I, in this matchup against the Clippers with their full roster intact uh, of key players, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be more passing on Brooklyn. I may go for one of those value guys that I mentioned, Harris Green. I think they could get some periphery numbers in a game that will be pretty high scoring. So, uh, tentative fades on those guys, but you know, you, you gotta be realistic. I could easily as a provider, keep giving all these stars to you as great plays. Yeah, no kidding. But you know, we need to be real about it and sort of hone in, uh, on where we want to go with it. So for me on the Clippers side, uh, it's a Kawhi Leonard day for me. I think that, uh, I, I understand that he may only get 32 to 35, may not get the big giant push in minutes, uh, that that he could if he had been a little bit, uh, had a few more games under his belt. But I just like this matchup because when he goes against Durant, it's a great matchup. They defend each other well, uh, but no Durant. So, you know, we're going to we're gonna get somebody on uh, Kawhi that it's going to be a really tough matchup for them. And I think he really is the guy uh, that's going to step up um, over Paul George. I know he's expensive, but he's my pay-up guy from this game. Uh, also, don't mind a cheaper Patrick Beverly. I think he's uh, playable. Um, Serge Ibaka, possibly. Uh, he's sort of a flyer, more of a GPP play. 
but certainly somebody that I would consider. So uh, I will have exposure in this game. Uh, maybe not a tons of exposure, but uh, I will have exposure nonetheless. All right, we get to this last game, and this is just a massive, confusing head-scratcher because we know that Sacramento is decimated with guys out. We know that they have a short rotation, um, but they're on the second night of a back-to-back. They got absolutely crushed last night. I stacked Sacramento and had three guys from their roster because they only had an eight-man rotation. And, you know, with guys like Jaw, specifically, uh, I'm sorry, De'Aaron Fox, uh, they were playing Memphis, but Sacramento is also shorthanded. That's what I'm trying to say. And I had uh, De'Aaron Fox in there and some of the other guys. I held off on Bagley because we didn't know if Holmes was going to be out or not. And guess what? Holmes and Barnes are both questionable again, creating the same problem. But it's the late game. But here's the thing. You know, when you have multiple late games at the same time, it makes it very simple to, you know, roster somebody like a Holmes. And if he doesn't play, then you're all set and you can shift to somebody else. But, um, you know, if not, it's the late game and you're sort of stuck and you're not going to get exactly who you like. But I'll tell you what, you know, I've seen two reports here. One has Holmes and Barnes questionable. One has Holmes and Barnes out. So since they didn't play last night, they had the original designation. I'm going to consider them both out. I am going to, you know, build in. So if I do roster a a couple guys from Sacramento, like I plan on uh, possibly as many uh, as three, more than likely two, then I am going to shift, be able to shift to somebody uh, from Milwaukee, same price range. So I'm going to have exposure to both of these teams. Um, the Kings are 12 and 17. The Bucks are 17 and 13. Uh, again, this is an island game for Milwaukee. It is the big spread. So could what happened last night, you know, happen again where Sacramento just gets smashed in the fourth quarter and guys just get uh, ro- rotated right out? Um, that wasn't the game that was a 30-point game. That was the Memphis game. The Sacramento game was close for a while, but then it, it, it blew out towards the end. Uh, and so... You know, I'm concerned that could happen again at Milwaukee. Milwaukee is coming off a really good win uh, after they had lost four in a row for the first time since Coach Bud had taken over that team. So very, very impressive uh, statistic there. So I know they're going to be intense. They're going to be playing. Uh, You know, Giannis becomes probably uh, the highest owned guy, uh, I would assume. Um, If he stays on the floor long enough, you know, this looks like one of those 80 fantasy point kind of uh, situations for Giannis. So the fact that I'm, you know, fading the big guys like Harden and Irving and Paul George and Embiid, et cetera, et cetera, I want to give Giannis a role here. And I'm, I'm just going to count on the fact that Sacramento can keep this within 10 for the majority of the game and these guys get the proper minutes because Milwaukee on an island game is fresh. uh, And that, you know, that's a risk. The risk here is, does this game blow out and the studs don't get the big minutes? I'm going to take a shot on the other side of the coin and say Sacramento can keep it close enough that the main guys get play. So I'm going with Fox and Bagley on the Sacramento side, bing, bing right away and Giannis on the Milwaukee side. I don't want any of the Skabooge guys, DJ Augustine, DiVincenzo, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, just, you know, all those guys, Portis, you know, they're all up and down. Now, you can play those guys all day long on a GPP, but in a cash game, just give me Giannis and get off, get out of the way. Just clear it out and let's let him play. So this is going to be my key game. It's, you know, the late night game. Uh, it has the second highest total at 235 and a half. We know that Sacramento is dead last defensively in the league. So, you know, interior wise, with Holmes out, Giannis should have multiple dunks. Um, they Milwaukee is 11th in defense right now. Uh, you know, certainly not nearly as good without Drew Holiday in there. 
that's the reason I like De'Aaron Fox. Uh, if Holiday would have been playing, he would have been a fade for me. But, you know, DJ Augustine's a crafty vet, but he's older, uh, certainly not the speed that, that Fox has. And I think uh, that's what brings Fox back into play. And Fox didn't play well last night. He had a lot of open looks. He just could not get the ball to fall. But his usage is super high uh, as well. Um, I think he's a great play. And then here's the reason why this is my favorite game of the day on top of everything else. They're 11th and 7th in pace. So if you combine all of the teams that play today as far as the best pace scenario it's this game. Uh, they're, you know, almost two top 10 pace teams. I think there's a lot of points to be had. Again, the key factor. And, you know, I give this advice with because that's what I'm going to play. So I believe in it. But this game could blow out and that could cost us big time. However, if Sacramento does find a way to stay in there, this could be an absolute smash game for guys like Fox Bagley and Giannis. And if you want to throw a fourth in there, I would not blame you. It's sort of, you know, you either believe in this game and dive in with three or four guys or you fade it completely and hope it, it blows out and, you know, you hold on to the lead that you had prior. But uh, but I'm going in. I'm going Kings Kings Bucks tonight as as a key game. Uh, I even like the o- over here at 235 and a half. I think that number is very reachable uh, for uh anybody that wants to play it so all right my friends that is the entire slate you've got your early showdown you've got this awesome seven game uh, main slate Uh, check us out at dfs coach talk we would love to have you Uh, and our website's dfscoachtalk.com just at least come in try us three day pass 10 bucks can't beat it we have the best discord in the in the business our members are phenomenal and uh, we all feel a really super hot streak coming. And I think it's uh, I think it's today. We're calling today. What are we calling it today? We're calling it the uh, smash, I think. And uh, I don't know. Uh, take take down smash that smack down. I don't know. I've le- smackdown. That's it. Yeah. So we're going after it, man. We're ma- we're mad today. We're fired up. We like this uh, entire uh, look, and uh, we're going to get it. So join us. We'd love to have you. We appreciate you. And uh, I'll be back again tomorrow with my man, Andrew Hansen as we approach uh, Monday's slate. It's a good slate tomorrow. A lot of games. Got to love it. And uh, we'll be back here like we normally are in front of the paywall, available for you for uh, trying to help you win at DFS. We have a PGA pod this uh this week on Tuesday as well. And then uh, getting ready for MLB. That is right around the corner as uh, players and uh, pitchers and catchers report this week. So great stuff. Thank you very much for spending the time with me. Really appreciate all of you. And we'll look to catch you again tomorrow as we crush it in DFS.